Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I am Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my marvelous co-host, Jillian of Studio Soprano. First, we have a quick little follow-up to our last episode, which was on the subject of leveling your platen for platen presses. And Jillian, I think you made some adjustments to your platen this week, right? Yeah, um, primarily because uh, right before we released last week's episode, one, I wanted to take pictures, and two, I wanted to make sure that I had like the directions of everything right. And Mm -hmm. so naturally, Zach and I made a mess out of like where the platen was. And so I knew I was going to have to set it back. Um, So I actually followed our, uh, like, I followed everything to a T as we described it in the episode, even having um, photopolymer capital M's made so that I could put them on the corner of my base. And it worked out really, really well. So I highly recommend to all of our listeners. Um, but because I had to set it back, there were a few things that I did um, that I feel like I should mention. So first off, we were talking about how the bottom screws are so like hard to get to, right? Yeah. They're actually not. They're really not. So <laughs> way back when, when we talked about like setting up your shop, we mentioned like you should never have your platen tucked into a corner. It should, you should have like space around it. And it is moments like these that you will realize how crucial it is. I have about, I want to say like 28 to maybe 30 inches on one side of Gordy and then the other side is fully open. Um, and like I actually had to use that whole space because I had to crouch down. So I'm not like yeah. as thin as I would be if I was standing up. I'm crouching <laughs> down. And then I'm also trying to get movement going. So that was the one thing is that the lock nuts on the bottom two screws were so freaking tight. And I was putting all of my weight into it, which br- brings up two points. One, if you saw the funny tick the funny reel about (laughs) dumb ways to die. The biggest problem there is that I was pushing and not pulling. And like pulling is definitely going to be safer because what happens is you're putting so much stress. And then as soon as it moves, like those lock nuts are going to move fast once they're loosened. So you want to make sure that wherever you're going, the direction of your momentum is in a safe space. So like, don't be pushing into the press because your face, your chest, your arms, your hands are probably going to get slammed yeah. as soon as like that releases. Um, the other like little thing that I actually knew about, but I completely forgot to mention it because it had been a while since I leveled the platen, was um, the longer the handle you have on your wrench, the more torque you're going to be able oh, yeah. to give it. And That's so right. if like 
I never had like basic tool usage 101, right? Like yeah, the first no. time Zach saw me use a hammer, he was like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you're supposed to hold it all the way at the end of the handle, not like right up next to it. And I was like, well, I'm just trying to get the nail, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, it's the <laughs> same thing cute. with a wrench. Like you want to hold it as far out as possible, which when you're trying to like delicately balance like keeping the wrench on your nut that you're trying to loosen to begin with like your brain is just like oh my hand should be close to this so that I can like steady it but really you want to be as like far away as possible in fact if you have a really really tight lock nut you can actually put your wrench inside of a pipe. This does require you to find a pipe that your wrench will fit in. <laughs> but you can actually put your wrench inside of a pipe and create a longer handle. One of our listeners, we talked about it way back when, her and her husband actually had to do that because there was just no way they would get enough force with like your everyday handheld tools. That's wild. Um, people, are so, but that, people are so smart. It, it kills me sometimes. I know. I know. And like, this is a principle that we actually used a lot when moving the press. Um, Like Zach kind of showed me like how in a lot of instances, like really, really simple pieces of material can do a lot for you if you are just using the correct ratio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. distancing yourself from where you're applying the force will actually increase the force at the other end. So um, anyway, so those are two things. So I did actually get down there and I was able to loosen them and I did not get injured. Yay. Um, (laughs) Yay. So (laughs) I did the whole process step by step, setting up my M's in each corner. Um, And one thing that I found really fascinating is let's say I'm only adjusting one area If I adjust that too much, it can actually start to affect the other area, which is something that we come into with packing a lot. Like if you start to add too much packing to like one side of the artwork, you'll actually notice that your other side isn't printing at all anymore or is not printing as evenly. Um, And when you're adjusting your platen, that same situation happens where like if I put the left side like too close, even though I didn't move the right side the right side actually stops printing as well as it yeah. was before. So, so small adjustments, check your work, small adjustments, exactly. check your Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. I had all of the – everything was loosened and then um, I would tighten – or like I would make the adjustments and then once I had everything where I liked it, two things that I did to help me tighten everything up without screwing it up because what will happen is as you go to tighten – one of your lock nuts, it may move your setting screw. So um, I actually took a chalk paint marker and I drew a line on the setting screw nut and a line on like the piece of the platen that it touches so that I know this is where I want this to be. And if anything moves, I know like where it has to go to set back. Um, Smart. And then the other tidbit is make sure that you have two wrenches and you're going to want the adjustable ones the ones that you could like um adjust the width of yeah adjust the width of because none of the components on your press are the same freaking width so it's just so much more convenient if you have an adjustable one because then you can like 
use the tool for like anything, but you'll want one to hold your setting screw in place while you use the other one to actually lock everything up. Yeah, perfect. So now, Mariah, I am going to send to you this picture that one was like, it wasn't before. If I showed you the before, the M's were like pretty much not printing at all. And then I thought I had it good because it looked way better than the beginning, but then you'll see where I ended. And it is freaking crazy the difference between these two M's. Wait, so the the top one that is, I'm going to call it a W, even though it's an M. The top one is, yeah. is round one and the bottom one is round two? Yes. Fucking crazy. Isn't that insane? That's, yeah, that makes me want to go to adjust my platen right now. Like literally yeah. leave this conversation and go to my shop. <laughs> so the very first time I leveled my platen, I stopped at where the W is, like yeah. the round one. I stopped there because I thought, that's good. That's great. That's decent it's ink even, coverage good. I, yeah yeah I know I can add more packing and it looked like really phenomenal but um while I was turning things to like lock everything up I actually accidentally added more pressure um and it was maybe a little too much I did back it off a little bit from where I ended because I could tell it was like biting into the paper yeah. but that ink coverage it looks like I hit this like five times but I yeah. hit it once. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Like, because the ink is still hitting the form the same way. That's just mind blowing. Yeah, it it's is. Crazy. It's really crazy. So anyway, I'm very excited after this um, call. I'll be running my first job with it readjusted again. Um, I'm excited. The one thing I will say is I do think that this is probably – this setting is probably too much for, like, a 220-pound. Um, so when I have time over the weekend, I'm going to test what the press is sounding like with a 220-pound sheet in. And I may yeah. have to pull everything off a little bit and just, like, have that in my brain knowing that 110 is going to need more packing. Um, yeah. but I had to show you that because I did not even know my press was capable of that amount of ink coverage. Yeah, that's wild. I'm very excited for you to print with that and see how it goes because that's crazy difference. Like, yeah, that's like flatbed level ink coverage. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. And we're going to have to share that, um, when this episode airs so people can see that 100%. too. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So stoked. So anyway, th those are my little updates. Pull, don't push. <laughs> don't be afraid to access the bottom. The length of your handle, the length of your tool matters. So <laughs> don't, don't be using short stubby tools. Size um, does matter. <laughs> size absolutely matters. And, uh, the ink coverage that you could get on a platen, it, is more impressive than I ever thought. And I know when we talked to Britt during her episode, she was also really impressed with some of the ink coverage I was getting way back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are people who use these presses a lot and I literally want underestimate like, what they're capable of. I literally want you to print like one of your patterns and just see like how it goes. Like one of your larger, like one of your fruit patterns or something, you know, oh, hell yeah. area. you should. Oh yeah. 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 I love it. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm also really excited about today's episode because um, I think it's a very helpful topic for anyone who runs a business and it's 
especially if it's their sole income as well. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that puts a different amount of pressure on the decisions yes. we make. Yeah. Um, for sure. I agree with you completely. And I'm I'm really excited about it because I just feel like the question came through at like the most incredible time. So um, the main topic of our episode today is going to be actually an answer to a question from one of our listeners. And this question comes from Brandy. Um, thank you for sending us a message, Brandy. She uh, sent this question through our website, which is hotoffthepresspodcast.com if you haven't already checked it out. And I actually, um, so the question is, as a small business owners, what do you do when you go out of town or on a vacation? Do you have someone help out while you're gone to ship out products or items for orders placed in your absence? Or do you just handle it all when you get back? So I literally this week was my first week back from a basically two and a half week vacation. Um, so Timing couldn't have been better for this question, Brandy. Maybe that's why she sent it. I don't know. But either way, um, <laughs> very good timing. And we're super excited to talk about this. So um, yeah, we'll get into it. And there is one kind of important item to note, and that is that Jillian and I are talking from our perspective where we are completely solo in our businesses. We do not have a team. We don't even have an assistant. We are completely <laughs> by ourselves in our businesses, which may change soon, hopefully. But um, our answers may not necessarily apply to you if you have a team or if you have other people you can rely on for your absences. So this is coming from a true solopreneur's perspective. Um, so, you know, just remember that as we're kind of answering this question in, in a lengthy, lengthy detail. Um, yeah. yeah, so... <sighs> First and foremost, prepping for a vacation requires like so much more planning when you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur because there are so many moving parts. Um, you know, you have so many clients booked, hopefully, that you need to plan accordingly for. And um, I actually planned for this time off about five months ago. So this is actually going to be news to a lot of our listeners, but um, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> I actually got married on February 3rd. <laughs> Yay! And my trip to Costa Rica was actually my honeymoon. Um, so we eloped and we've, uh, we had an amazing time and it was wonderful. Um, but my partner, Nate, and I, uh, my husband, Nate, and I just really wanted to elope and my mom was going to be in town to watch the dogs for this vacation anyway. So we kind of just figured, why not do it? Um yeah, and it was absolutely yeah. amazing. So, um, yeah, there are very few Which people who perfect. knew about that. So, um, to everyone else, <laughs> yay, surprise, I'm married. Surprise. <laughs> uh, so, I love um, it. Yeah, Zach and yeah. I were very, very similar in our thoughts. And we actually, like, had this same kind of approach to our, like, setting up and planning for me being gone because yeah. when we did have our small wedding in Aruba, we were gone for two and a half weeks as well. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. And that was – so you guys got married last May and, yeah, so, you know, like, just a little over – less than a year ago, but um, very fresh on that perspective too. Getting married is a really good example or even maternity leave is a really good example of things that we wouldn't feel guilty for, like yeah. having to schedule and pause our business and figure things out. But for some reason, we tend to feel extra guilty about it for pleasure vacations. And totally true. Like, I don't think that's fair to us because we work really hard for those vacations. In fact, being an entrepreneur or solopreneur is probably like one of the reasons is probably so that we have more control over our lives and we could go places if we wanted to and we're yeah. not answering to anyone. And totally. so then to turn around and kind of guilt ourselves out of doing it, you know, that's yeah, 
it's not really fair. contradictory to like why a lot of us want to work for ourselves, right? And have that control over our own lives and, um, you know, be able to do things like if you have passive income set up to make money while you're on vacation, like those kinds of things are probably why quite a few of us are in this industry or in our own industries, whatever uh, it may be, just because, you know, we want that control over our own lives and want to work for ourselves. Um, so yeah, you're totally right that it's, it's very ironic that when we take pleasure vacations just for fun, just because, you know, we wanted to go somewhere or see somebody or whatever. It's like some, somehow we feel more anxious and more stressed about those trips than, than we really should, would have if we worked for someone else and just took PTO, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure a lot of us are like checking our emails when we're in airports and stuff. And oh, for sure. The thing is, is like, you don't want to be checking emails on your wedding day. You don't want to be checking emails on your honeymoon. And you don't want to yeah. be checking emails when you've planned and paid for a vacation that you've earned and you deserve. So totally. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to talk about the thing that we did to prep for our vacations because we wholeheartedly believe that they should be true vacations. For me personally, like this was the first trip I can remember in a really, really long time that I was truly relaxed. I honestly, last year in 2022, I traveled a lot and um, it was really amazing. And I felt really, you know, stoked that working for myself and being able to work from anywhere allowed me to you know, take all of those trips and go to all of those places. But I had massive anxiety when leaving home and returning a lot. Um, and it just honestly kind of wrecked a couple of those trips for me. A couple, like a huge focus for me in 2023 going into this year and ending last year is my mental health and finding a work-life balance that really works. Um, so this trip for me, Costa Rica in February, um, really solidified that what I'm doing this year is working and that I have my priorities in like the right place and that I have found a balance and my priorities this year versus last year at this time are very different. So just, you know, grain of salt for everyone listening that like, you know, it, it may not like if you're listening to this and you're still starting out in your business, you may think like taking two weeks off sounds impossible. Um, and for me that like a year ago, that would have been impossible, but making the priorities and shifting like where my like efforts are and my boundaries are over the past year is the only reason I was able to do this. So, And for me, it took a lot of practice because last year, every time we left town, I was pulling all-nighters, if not just one night before, sometimes two nights before we left to get everything yes. done um, to the point where uh, it kind of became like a joke to my husband. Like he knew I wouldn't be coming to bed if we were leaving town and yeah. nothing annoys me more than that. I don't like when people find me predictable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to prove anyone right unless it's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really, I don't like when other people are right. So I worked really hard to make sure like, okay, I need to know when we plan to leave and like, schedule out my projects and stuff like that. And we'll get into yeah. it more. But um, it's, yeah, it's took a lot of practice for me. It's not something that came easy overnight. Totally. And yeah, I've definitely been like Christmas morning in my in-laws house uh, doing some crap in Illustrator because I knew I would oh, need yeah. to print it as soon as I get home. So for sure. Yeah. Ordering plates while you're still on vacation. So when you get home, they're waiting for you. Yeah, definitely been yeah. there on that. Mm -hmm, for yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so let's talk about planning right. a vacation. 
Yeah. So anyway, it was really, really important to me that I could completely shut off during this trip and not be bothered or stressed about anything, like literally anything. This was a complete shut off. And it was the first trip I've not taken my laptop on in I don't know how many years. So I really, really had to plan for this. So um, going back a few months, I like even before we actually had our tickets booked before we had specific dates, I was like, I need to know what the time frame is and how long we're going to be gone so that I can like plan accordingly. And a couple of days on either end wasn't that big of a deal to me because whatever, flexible, but like needed to know, like, are we going in February? Or are we going in March? Like, I need to know at least like what the time frame was, you know, if you're working with somebody who is planning in advance, great. I love that for you. But for me, <laughs> my partner is not necessarily that way. And, you know, we were still figuring out a lot of details around, you know, are we going to elope? Are we not? And so whatever, I didn't have exact dates, but just knowing the timeline allowed me to plan my custom work to fit around those travel plans. So when you're working with timelines that have like your projects have kind of a bigger like, you know, lead time, this is great. Obviously, if you're trying to do like fill orders for products and stuff like that, it's a different like kind of ball game. But for any clients whose timelines were directly overlapped with my by my trip, I just made some slight adjustments. I bumped two clients design work up into January where normally they would be in February. And I moved back um, like a little bit of work for a client whose wedding is until later in the year. Normally, like my clients receive a timeline when we book, but it doesn't have specific dates. So this is probably something that they wouldn't even be aware of. This is just my own personal timeline of when I like to start on things for those projects based on their dates. So the client probably never even realized that they were affected by this. This is, you know, hugely important to me because I want to make sure that they have a great experience regardless of my plans to be out of office. Um, I also like wanted to allow enough time for those people who I moved up to have, you know, revisions, questions, uh, selections, changes made to the proposals that I was sending out. So I made sure to move them up far enough ahead of my trip that I wasn't going to be like the day before my wedding, answering their questions and making sure that any last minute changes were made. So, um, yeah, big deal to me as well. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I know. So I do send my clients a timeline that has dates on it, but um I kind of did something similar where I knew our wedding was going to be in May. I knew that not only would I be gone for two and a half weeks, but that I wouldn't want to be doing work the week prior. Mm -hmm. Um so I kind of went in and adjusted those and if I did have to contact anyone, uh fortunately I only had one client who I had to reach out to. Um, but I was really, really proactive. I like didn't book any, any work for pretty much the end of April into middle of May, um, yeah. specifically to avoid that. But if I did, I would probably just reach out to them and try to do something that I, I would know is beneficial to them, whether it's getting started early or, um, sending them some things that they can review in the meantime and just being yep. really upfront with them that like, you know, I look forward to your responses. I will be back on this day and review them. Cause I know there are a lot of people out there who get really granular with their clients. They enjoy that. They like that transparency. And so I feel like that's a good way to go about, um, making like changes updating to something that, for that them. they expect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also buffered my calendar like the week leading up to my trip. I think that the biggest difference between uh, Jillian's trip uh, last May to my trip in February, although we both got married and we both went to a destination, 
you had an actual wedding, whereas mine required no day of things. Like <laughs> ours was, you know, like you had to like yeah. coordinate florals and caterers and all of that stuff uh, through different uh, countries. I, I had to coordinate bit, but... what I was bringing. It was yeah. mostly a pick pick shit from a menu, but yeah, <laughs> I had a dress. Well, I... Like I had to go pick up the dress. Like, like yeah, I had a yeah. few extra details. Yeah, yeah. Mine was basically just a vacation because we literally got married at the courthouse and had dinner with you know a handful of people. So, it you know there was a, there is a little bit more I think to your trip than there was to mm-hmm. mine as far as planning ahead and the weeks leading up to your trip. Mine was a little more like I can push it to the last second if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, I did buffer my calendar um, specifically for the week leading up to the trip. So we got married on Friday and we left on Sunday. So we had like a day in between our actual wedding day and leaving. And the week leading up to the wedding, I really like, I can't stress it enough that this is like a huge privilege for us to be able to say like, I just didn't book things for that week or that like two weeks or that month, whatever. Like that's a huge privilege. It may not be doable for everyone and certainly not for every stage of business, but it was really important to me that the week before I left, um, also because it was the week I was getting married, I didn't want to be full of like last minute things that would cause me to freak the fuck out and (laughs) be super stressed. And like, (laughs) I wanted to be able to relax and enjoy that moment and that time. And, um, you know, I, I just made sure to, to plan accordingly. And I quite literally planned for nothing on my calendar except for working like from my desk, any kind of things I could do on the desk were totally fair game, but like, I didn't really plan anything. Um, I planned zero production, zero printing, And, uh, that was for like Monday through Wednesday. And that meant I had room for any emergencies, last minute things, um, and working on my own stuff that I wanted to create. And (laughs) I was definitely still running to UPS the day before my wedding. So let's just say it worked because I wasn't stressed and I was technically able to get everything done beforehand. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, stuff always creeps up. Yeah. And when I think about, when I think about all the other trips that, uh, Zach and I take, which are usually um, usually weekend trips for like family, like birthdays or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But if there is ever a time where we're overlapping into like Monday and Tuesday, I kind of just do the same thing. Like I just make sure if there is anyone in my queue that they know, you know, the production isn't going to happen until Tuesday or Wednesday. Because the same reason that I hate when Zach knows I'm going to pull an all nighter. I hate when an email comes in that's like hey um what's the status of my order which I totally understand why people send that but I like to be the first person to be like FYI your order is gonna be done this day or like FYI it's on its way yeah yeah Yeah. totally I would much rather be the one to say here's your tracking number then hey what day is my order gonna be done (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah so, all right. So two days before I left town, I put my va- my Etsy on vacation mode. I made sure my out-of-office email was set up. I put up a pop-up on my website. And then I quite literally shut my laptop. I plugged it in on my desk and I packed my bags. Um, and I love you know, it. I love the pop-up on your website thing. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to like do that for like um, when I worked like doing marketing and stuff for restaurants and the wineries, like we used to do that for like closures or, you know, special hours or changes. And it's like, I think the pop-up on your website is underrated. You could do a banner too, same concept because there's not really like a vacation mode for your online shop on your website. And like, you could go into every product and change it to say like, we'll ship on this date or something like that. But for me, I feel like it's a pop-up it's there. You're going to see it, you know, and like I did my due diligence. So um, yeah, I think that's an underrated tool for sure. 
And, um, you know, if you have a team or even one person, then you might be able to do things like leave your Etsy active or send those design drafts the day before you leave or whatever. But for those of us who are solo, I think the best thing you can do is definitely leave room in your schedule for those last minute things and schedule everything you can. So I cannot preach enough about pre-scheduling and set it and forget it systems. I absolutely love them. Um, so, you know, if there's anything you can think of, like social media posts, email campaigns, your blog posts, you name it, there's probably an app to auto post it for you. <laughs> so, I mean, I scheduled my out of office email responder. I scheduled my out of town note to my mailing list. I scheduled my social media post to say, I'm out of here. Um, all of those same things for when I returned as well. And that kept me from even thinking about social media or email campaigns or all of that little stuff, like all those little details. I scheduled them in January and I didn't think about them until they were already out the door. And I got back in January 17th and I was like, oh yeah, those things are all done. Everyone was aware of when I was gone, when I was going to be back, like just peace of mind. And when you're frantically getting ready for something and you're trying to remember to pack your toothpaste, like the last thing you want to be thinking about is like, oh, but did I, I need something to post on social media so that people know I'm going to be out of town. Like the last thing you want to be thinking about is that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I love to set and schedule anything I can. And I mean, I am so diligent about it. Like as far as my boundaries this year, I'm really trying to like, make sure I am strict with myself as well as with clients and, and, you know, people I work with. So I schedule send responses to emails when they come in after 5 p.m. Like, I don't care yeah. if you're sitting on your couch and you want to answer some emails. But for me, if I'm sitting there at 8 o'clock and I'm just enjoying, you know, my evening and felt, you know, the mental capability to respond, I'm going to schedule that baby for next morning. Like, because I just want people to remember that, like, hey, I need to be able to shut off at some time. And even if I feel like answering an email after 8 o'clock, I shouldn't have to. And therefore, you shouldn't expect me to. And just encouraging them to, like, you know, work during business hours allows you to have that night off when you need it, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. I agree. Drafting, you know, drafting 10 social media posts at one time and scheduling your marketing emails for the next two months, like all of that just saves, it saves you time in the long run. And I also don't, you know, neglect them or, uh, put off or avoid them because they've already been scheduled. So <laughs> yeah, it actually gets done. Yeah. I want to circle back to talking about, um, product-based businesses and just product-based work. Um, So you and I had talked about before you left whether you were going to use um, Etsy vacation mode. And I told you that I had used it. I actually use it whenever I know I'm going to be out of town longer than the duration of my standard turnaround time. So like if I'm going to be gone for a weekend, the mail doesn't move on Sunday anyway. So I don't Mm -hmm. turn it off if I'm going to be gone for a long weekend. But I will turn my Etsy shop on vacation mode if I'm going to be gone longer. And I know there's a lot of people who have a lot of feelings about that, whether or not it impacts if you show up. And when I turned mine back on, you placed an order from my shop and then immediately I got three other orders. So if anything, (laughs) have a very good friend or husband or freaking make a fake account for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Make a purchase. And um yeah, I like don't feel the need to let 
other platforms like Etsy dictate your life because nothing is worse. And Mariah and I, I don't know if we talked about this in our Etsy episode, but there is this juju with Etsy that the moment you step into an airport, you will get an order. The moment you step onto the plane, you'll get another order. We have literally, like, both of us have... I can, we should search our like chat our text conversations to see how many times yeah. this has happened because it is you guys it is countless I swear to you that we have each experienced this a handful of times like in the last year every yeah. single time one of us and I'm not and she's not joking when she says at the airport like we literally like yeah. check in for our flight drop our bag and it's like ching you got an order on Etsy. And we're both like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) One time I was in the Uber on my way to the airport and I was like, do I just ask the Uber driver to turn around? So like, here's the, here's the annoying thing. Like, um, so there have been times where we leave our spouses back home and we can like (laughs) communicate with them enough to package up an order. It's usually a shit show. Sorry, Nate and Zach, but it's usually not. I've never trusted Nate to do it, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's actually not true no he did he did do it yeah, he did right. yeah he yeah. did um yeah. so I Zach has had to do it a few <laughs> times and I'm usually like having to repeat myself nine million times of where things go um it's usually um it's oh that thing is right mm-hmm. here and they're like I'm looking right at that it's not there and you're like <laughs> it's right there and then they find it right where you said it was going to be yeah that's usually how it goes so it's oh not their God. fault we have our very disorganized perfectly chaotic systems but um yeah, agree it's so yeah. There are some times where somebody can help you if you have like a mom or a mother-in-law or a neighbor or someone who you trust who you could give access to, you know, your stock and you can show them instructions on how to package it up. Sure. If that's your situation, then leave your Etsy shop open. Like if it's really easy for someone else to fulfill orders for you, great. And that's what you want to do, fine. But if you don't have that, the stress and anxiety of getting an order when there is nothing you can do about about fulfilling it it is so terrible. And then like I hate because it's never just like a cutesy greeting card that somebody's ordering or like a set of note cards. It's always like a freaking birthday card. And you know they're buying it because they need it. Uh, by a specific time yeah for sure (laughs) that's absolutely the case so I just feel like it's better to set yourself up for success by not putting yourself in a situation that you literally cannot resolve it yeah um my mom was completely so my mom was house sitting and watching the dogs and so she was completely willing and able to do Etsy orders and stuff like that while I was gone but ultimately Mm -hmm. I decided not to because one god forbid somebody asks a question or has some kind of like special request or needs something by a specific whatever like I didn't want to deal with the inevitable situation where one single person had something that she couldn't handle without checking in with me or whatever and then we both would have been stressed about it so for me it was just like not worth the possible stressors period and having experienced like the inevitability of that one like order that comes in the moment you leave or the fact that like you got back from vacation and you turned your vacation mode on Etsy off and you got orders. Like it's not the end of the world to have a little lag when you get back from vacation on your Etsy algorithm. Like 
And whether that's even real or just our imaginations is still up for debate anyway. So, you know, it's like I knew that my Etsy would bounce back when I got back and that it wasn't worth the stress of that, you know, $10 greeting card order or whatever while I was gone for my mom trying to figure it out, me trying to figure it out, et cetera. So, you know, make that decision that works for you. And if you're only gone a couple of days, that decision becomes a lot easier. You know, maybe you adjust your turnaround time. Maybe you send a message to that person saying, hey, I'm not going to be back until this date. Is it cool if it ships out then? Fine. Like, I'm sure most people will be totally cool with that. Um, people are shopping on Etsy because they want to support small businesses. So, you know, I think that you can make that decision for yourself. But for Jillian and I, <laughs> we've had a lot of experience with going out of town and our Etsy's being either the bane of our existence or absolutely awesome. So um, yeah, definitely a factor to consider. Yeah. And when I sold on my own website, which I don't even do anymore now, I just link it straight to my Etsy. But when I was selling on my own website, I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to think of the pop-up or even the banner. I would actually just hide my shop page and I would just know smart. like, okay, this vacation, it's going to impact my income because I'm not getting orders, um, but it's going to be okay. Like my yeah. website was never pulling in like three or $400 a day. So it yeah. made sense for me to just like- Drops in a bucket. Right. But now if I was getting frequent orders, then I probably would just do the pop-up, do the banner, and then even change my order email auto reply, like, mm -hmm. you know, successful order receipt email. Yeah to mention that these will ship at a certain date. It's all just about being um, transparent with your customers so that they know what to expect. You know what I mean? They're not expecting yeah. it to ship out the next day or something like that. As long as they understand that, then it's going to be great because they also have it within their power to cancel the order if totally. they don't want to wait. If it doesn't so, work, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, agree with that completely. And part of my like website pop up, not just hiding my shop decision was definitely impacted by the fact that I have semi custom suite options. I didn't want those to be hidden. Mm. I wanted those to be visible. I still wanted people to be able to purchase those things. So, um, yeah. you know, all of those things add up to, you know, your individual business having a different answer than ours, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, I think it greatly depends on like the amount of time you're going to be gone. And, you know, whether you have somebody there to fulfill things or if you want to be able to completely unplug and not think about it for two weeks, you know? So, yeah. Okay. So a million hours of preparation, pre-planning <laughs> as much as physically possible. Um, <laughs> and one wedding later, we're on vacation. So <laughs> obviously Costa Rica was amazing. I had a great time. It was 95 degrees every day. I was on my honeymoon. The pina coladas were delicious. So I was happy as can be. Um, I still check my email, I think a couple, like three or four times. I really, really unplugged. It was great. Um, I mostly just sat back and felt really content knowing that I had planned for this and that nothing urgent really needed my attention. Um, I had exactly one crisis to respond to, which was not actually a crisis. Um, classic. I took eight minutes out of listening to live music one night to send an email, which I scheduled for the next morning because boundaries. Thank you very much. Schedule sent. <laughs> um, I also like, I think one of the, like, this was one of the first trips, like I can remember where I've felt this relaxed, like I said, and one of the best feelings in the entire world was sitting next to the pool and getting a HoneyBook notification that a client had booked, signed contract and paid deposit while I was literally on vacation. So like that feeling right there, just like 
set my whole mood just up. Like I was just like, this is exactly what I've been working for. This is exactly why I work for myself. And I felt I've never felt prouder of my business than I had in that, like than I did in that very second, just knowing that like, even while I'm on my honeymoon, on vacation, completely out of office, 100% unplugged, I'm still bringing in business and still bringing in clients and making money and all of that is still working, you know, like just really felt fucking good. Like never yeah. felt happier or more or more proud of myself than in that. There second, is so. something so satisfying about getting money when you are nowhere near your office. Like it Absolutely. is, it is particular. like anytime somebody pays an invoice, it feels good. But like, man, when I'm, you know, back home in Pennsylvania, like sitting at my grandpa's kitchen table and I get like a little ding and I look and I'm like, oh, someone just paid a thousand dollar invoice. I'm like, this is yeah. amazing. It really is. And like, <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. And like, you know, we have our struggles and we've, we've, you know, grown a lot and we've all learned so much, but like, God, is there anything more like fulfilling than being like, I can literally be 2000 miles from home and still making money like come in. Yeah. It's just awesome. I absolutely loved it. So yeah. Yeah. The client's getting an extra spice, extra, extra nice thank you gift for me. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm out of town, but I'm not technically on like a relaxing vacation, like sometimes like I go home to visit family, just to, like spend time with yeah. them. But there are moments where we're just sitting around and no one's doing anything. And I'll open up my laptop and answer emails and work. And I'm like, this is just so cool. Just like the facts that yeah. I can run my business from 3000 miles away and it'd be totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know such we're going to talk about returning lesson. from vacation next, but I actually want to just make mention of times we might be out of office that are unplanned because that, of course, happens. For sure. Last year, I had a lot of unplanned out of offices. We lost my grandmother at the beginning of the year. Um, we had another family emergency with my grandfather, and then I had to take personal leave when I miscarried. So there were a lot of unplanned times out of office, and I handled them all differently. And I think my favorite way of all of them was putting an out-of-office email that let people know um, that I was not reachable because then it just, you know, set the tone. There wasn't any like question about it. Yeah. And um, I did leave um, all my shops up and running because I didn't even have time to like think about that. And any order that I got, I actually had a pre-written out message on my notes on my phone that I just copied and pasted and let them know that I was out of office for a family emergency and would they be willing to wait a few days um, to receive their order, to which during all three trips <laughs> or all three times, because um, I wasn't even fulfilling orders when I was here. I just, you know, there were times yeah. where I just wasn't leaving the couch. Absolutely. So um Everyone was really gracious and everyone said it was fine. And yeah, so there are going to be times where you need to be away from your business and you didn't plan it and that's okay. Um, the world is going to keep going and your business is going to keep going. And that time off that you need to be with yourself or your family is not going to be 
the thing, End of the, the straw that yeah. breaks the camel's back in your yeah. business. It's just really, really not. Um, in fact, I think you'll find that a lot of people have so much compassion for any types of emergencies that the universe sometimes gives back to you in abundance when you do return. So absolutely. And I think like, yeah. there's so many times where like, you know, due to like financial stressors, or just the fact that your business is on your shoulders alone, a lot of times you might think that like, you know, that one person's order is going to make or break you or like, you know, not being able to work for a few days is going to be the end of everything. But ultimately, like, what we do in a creative field is incredibly important, but it is not time sensitive. Like, even your brides who are expecting to get things out the door immediately, and even that rush order that you might have, you know, like, all of that stuff is less important than your own well-being, your own mental health, and your families. And there's nothing more important than that. So everything else will be there when you get back. <laughs> it really yeah. will. And you can always turn to someone else for help. There have been plenty of times that I've said, you know, Mariah, like this happened. I have this. Almost Pretty much any time one of us has an emergency, the other one of us is immediately asking, is there anything I can do? And Absolutely. There's been times where people who we don't know have contacted us and been like, I'm overbooked or I can't take this on or I really need to outsource this. And we've actually done work for them, shipped it blind, labeled, you know, we don't put our branding in. And it's because we're all here for each other as a community. So if, you know, you're a calligrapher and something happens, you know other calligraphers. Just let yeah. them know. Just let them yeah. know like, hey, I'm I'm in a bind. This is happening. I have a client. They really need to get this out. Can you help me? It's going to be okay. And if losing income is like something that – because trust me, I stress about money all the time. And if losing income is just something that feels like you absolutely can't do, just remember there's always ways – to bring in more income like as soon as you get back. So maybe you can run like a sale or maybe you can send out like an email that sort of explains the situation you're in. Or recently in Los Angeles, there's this woman-owned bookstore where they had a rent party and like you go and they played music and you pay like $10 to get in and it was literally an event they hosted to be able to make rent for the next month. So like- As a creative person, I trust that you can have really creative ways to bring in the money you feel like you've lost from taking the time, but your body needs for you to take the time. Like you need to be with your family. You need to go to that doctor's appointment. You need to rest and recover. And you even need to go on vacation. Like those are all things we have to do as humans to Mm -hmm. stay being human and not become freaking monsters or robots (laughs) and also just not burn out you know like yeah especially on the vacation front but like you know I definitely think like there's this you know you reach this place where you're no longer inspired by what you're doing you're no longer excited about the things you're creating whatever it is you know we all experience that burnout and even if it's just burnout that's still important and that's still something that needs to be addressed and needs possibly needs time off work you know like there's not really a cure for burnout except taking time away (laughs) at least I haven't found one I don't know but there's no magical elixir yeah not not enough wine in the world you know (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, that's, I, I think a really great, great point, great topic. Um, and great, you know, discussion to just like the money will come back. You'll figure it out. Everything is figure outable. Nothing that we do is like the end of the world. It's all going to be okay. Everything will be there when you get back. You got to do what you got to do. And if yep. people don't understand that, you can send them to us and we'll be happy to tell them off for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or at least I will. I guess I can't volunteer Jillian for that. But <laughs> Oh, no, I totally would. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, okay, so when you get back, whether it's that time off, that leave, or vacation, um, you know, you're going to probably feel like there's a lot to be done. And, um, you know you're going to have so many things to put back into place and reorganize and probably a desk to clean if you're anything like me. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to do, but don't be overwhelmed. It's all going to be fine. So when I got back from vacation, I literally turned off vacation mode on Etsy the moment our plane landed. Um, we got home on a Friday night and I just, for some reason, I feel like I get a lot of orders on like Saturday and Sunday. I think a lot of Etsy people are shopping on the weekends. So I turned it back on immediately and I was just like, eh, just in case. And I got two orders that weekend. So it com- felt completely justified. <laughs> uh, And, you know, everything else, like my out of office email responder was scheduled to end and I, you know, didn't have to do anything there. Thank you, Google. And then I had an email campaign drafted, which was scheduled for, you know, midweek. I had a social media post that I accidentally scheduled a couple hours early. So I was literally still on the plane. LOL. Whoopsies. Um, (laughs) But yes. Yeah. My recommendations would be make a list for yourself. Think about in this moment before you leave for your trip, what are the things that are the biggest priorities for you to take off your list as soon as you get back? Um, Because what inevitably happens is number one, you enjoy your vacation and you kind of just like, whew, everything might just like escape the mind a little bit. (laughs) And then you're going to open up your emails and just chronologically, you're going to see the first email that is actually the most recent one you got. And you may start fighting that fire or you may be making your to-do list and you put that thing at the top. Um, But there was probably a few things that you really had prioritized before you left. So I always like to leave myself a list of things that if I could do them today before I leave, I would have done them, but I can't. So here is where I want to start. And then before I even open up my emails, I will look at those and I'll be like, are any of these pressing enough that like I need to do them before I even look at my emails? Because inevitably there may be someone having an emergency in there, but their emergency is not your emergency. You were running a business before their email came in. You had obligations before their email came in. So like check in with yourself, check in with your current clients. Is there something that you need to do before you start adding on to that plate? (laughs) I actually, um, so Monday was a holiday, which was technically my first day back uh, to work. But I don't, I usually work on bank holidays. I I don't really take them off because I can take off whenever I need to. But um, so whatever, I plan to work Monday and I did work Monday. I got a couple of things done. I uh, worked on some updates just on my own business side of things. I worked on some client work. And then Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, I started looking at my inbox. I, I genuinely, I personally find that like, I'm really good about not looking at my emails and not starting to respond to emails until I am in a place where I can mentally start 
handling that. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that I find works for me. I don't think everyone yeah. is that way, but I am definitely Unfortunately, like, they're not. But yeah. It is the way to be. I'm telling you right now, if you're not like that, you want to be like that because yeah. people have started treating emails like text messages and it's just yeah. not the because way that you want to define your like, life. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to define your life by what's happening in your email. Yeah. It's great that if somebody has an emergency and you can help them and you can accommodate that, that's a great thing. That's a really great thing. But you're not obligated to. You're not required to. (laughs) And like, you know, I think that like, because we're checking our email on our phones, because we can tap out a quick reply, people, you know, expect that they send those whatever. But like, I, a lot of times when I'm checking my email on my phone, I'm not in a place where I can physically do anything about whatever that is. Like maybe you're on your press and you just like are waiting for your press to ink up. And so you're checking your phone. Like I can't answer your question about a quote for a whole elaborate custom project. Like I, that's, those two things don't match up. And so for me, I tend to answer emails when I'm in a place where I can answer emails and where I can actually go through those. And that's part of my like, you know, daily stuff, but like, I'm not going to be answering emails at every single hour throughout the day because otherwise I would never get anything actually done. So I definitely got some work done on Monday before I even opened my inbox. And it did also help that it was a bank holiday where I didn't feel like anyone would expect a reply per se. But for me, regardless of whether it was a holiday or not, I wasn't going to be checking my email until I at least got those two things done that I needed to get done that day. Um, And that's a general practice for me, but for coming back from vacation and like you said, I think it's really important that like, you follow through on the tasks that you may not have completed and that you probably forgot while you were sipping pina coladas on the beach and you get those done first. (laughs) So yeah, you're going to feel better about it and tape it to your computer monitor or like, you know, even if you have your desk as a complete disaster, tape that list somewhere where you cannot lose it. You cannot miss it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. So how, how did the rest of the week feel after your vacation? You know, I really thought like I would come back and I would feel super overwhelmed with everything. But I think just because I was so refreshed by this actual vacation that I took that, I mean, it's been a great week. Like I've been chugging away at the things I'm working on. Um, It obviously took me a minute to catch up on emails and stuff, but I also didn't really get one of the projects done this week that I wanted to get done, but that's okay. It's my own project. It's my own timeline. There's no like client, you know, obligation on that one. So ultimately like... I think it's been great and this week has gone smoothly and I've been able to get done the things that I wanted to get done because I planned accordingly and I'm just reaping the rewards of having done all that work and that coordination ahead of time. Um, So yeah, I feel super stoked to be back to work too. Like I've never come back and been like, yay, I can't wait to get back to work. Like I'm so excited. I went to my studio today and like walked in and was just like, I love it here. I'm so happy. My studio is so great. I love it. Like, You know, if I had been like a year ago, I shortened a trip for a friend's wedding because I was so stressed about work and everything I had to be done. And I think about that a lot, like Mm -hmm. how this year is so different for me and how this is how I want it to be. And, you know, that comes with maybe traveling too much last year or two and, and, you know, just everything being crazy business wise and new priorities this year and all of that. But I've never come back and been so stoked to like get back to work and so like creatively energized. I didn't even take like a notepad or anything. So I like was sitting on the like beach having these like ideas for designs and I like couldn't even like sketch them out. (laughs) I was just like, 
okie dokie, just going to have to hope that I remember this later, which I definitely don't. But, you know, it's like yeah. all of that, I think, just added up to me coming back and being like pumped to get back to work. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. It's funny. I take <clears throat> I take a sketchbook with me every single time I leave. I've done that since college um, because I love I love to doodle. Um, yeah. And before owning Studio Soprano, I probably would spend like a lot of time on trips, especially in airplanes, doodling in my sketchbook. And then like immediately after, it is like pulling teeth to get me to actually take my sketchbook out and sketch things while I'm out of office because I just feel like I want to be checked out. Like I want to yeah. be watching whatever random ass movie is on this plane yeah. more than I want to be sketching <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But back in the day, it was a 180 different. So I yeah. just by nature, I take a sketchbook with me everywhere. And the past probably 20 flights I've gone on, I haven't haven't even touched it. Yeah. Lives in my backpack permanently, but I I rarely ever use it. Yeah. It's, it's always there when you don't need it. And then when you actually do need it, you don't have it with you. That's usually how it goes. But <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny. I literally was like, I had all these ideas for, you know, client suites and some projects I'm working on. I was just like, hmm, I have to hope those ones just stick. <laughs> like, I just have to hope that when I open up their files, I just remember. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Uh, but that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And I would say like a huge testament to the planning, like planning goes such a long way. Um I have a, I printed out just calendar pictures from the internet and hung them on my wall. And I just pencil in, like, anytime I book a job, I pencil in the day that I plan on printing it. And then when something comes up, if we want to go to Disneyland, if we want to, you know, drive to freaking San Clemente to get our favorite pizza, like, (laughs) whatever (laughs) random ass reason I would be leaving the house. I could just look at my calendar and be like, well, do I have to print something today? Because if I have to print something today, I can't go. Um, Or maybe it's something I can move, but usually it's not. So, And then that helps. And so the first thing I did after I printed out those calendars is I marked off every single niece and nephew's birthday because we will inevitably be going to visit them. I marked off our wedding anniversary because we're going to go on an anniversary trip. Like, And I just – I'm really – getting better and I'm very proactive about not scheduling print work specifically around any time I think I will not be here yeah because again you can always take your laptop if you really need to and you can do all that design client work etc but like the print production physical things you can't really just like pack that up and take it so allowing yourself extra time and extra grace for those things in particular is huge yeah yeah. So I hope that answered Brandy's question. Um, very long-winded. <laughs> well, that's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for new for us at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. And kudos to everyone who has someone who can help them regularly. I know a lot of people have like moms and stuff who are so interested in like their business and come over yeah. to help. I literally live on an island here. Like the closest relative to me is six and a half hours away. Yeah. Um, so we are SOL when I leave. Like, there's nobody <laughs> who's going to be coming into my studio and packing Filling your orders Etsy orders. Yeah. 
I always tell myself, like, if it justified the cost, I would hire someone to do it. But the thing is, is like, I would have to sell a shit ton of greeting cards for that to happen. And I just, I don't. So yeah. Fun fact, I've actually filled an Etsy order for Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) Wait, I filled an Etsy order for you. Yeah, we've both filled Etsy orders. Yeah. Just like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's actually really funny. We've both filled Etsy orders for each other. Wait, what did um, you what did you fill mine? What was that? The uh bridal proposal ones. The like remember? Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. The ones that are digitally printed. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I completely forgot about those. Yeah. And then yeah. when Mariah came for, for the printer's fair. Um for the printer's fair, she bought a bunch of her own products and I still had them. So I was like, don't worry, I have these. I'll send them out. I need like somebody placed an order for one of the like note card sets that was in the box in Jillian's house. So she was like, no problem. I'll just mail it before I mail your stuff. I was like, done. So yeah, we both (laughs) filled Etsy orders for each other before. Just funny. That's so funny. Yeah. If at all possible, find a biz bestie and maybe send them a little bit of all of your inventory. (laughs) I would recommend finding one a little closer to you, but yes. (laughs) No, distance is no object. Yeah, that's true. We definitely have made it work. Yeah. So I do wish we were closer. Yeah. We think about that a lot. Um, One day. One day. Freaking Zach and his hatred of the cold. Although I will say it was 48 degrees here yesterday and I hated my life. Yeah. I like we got a foot of snow this week. So <laughs> yeah, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to move here um, this week in particular. But yeah. Anywho, yeah. well, thanks, Brandy, for your question. Um, if anyone else has topics they want us to cover in future episodes, just shoot us an email. Um, hello at hotoffthepresspodcast.com or hotoffthepresspodcast.com contact page, social media all fair game. Um, if it's something that we feel like, you know, it's quick and easy, we'll be happy to just shoot you an answer back. But if it's something like this question where we feel like it deserves more conversation and discussion, then you may see it on an episode in the future. So, um, yeah, thank you, Brandy, for your thoughtful question. And hopefully, uh, you have an amazing vacation planned and it all goes smoothly for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha